Are you back? There you are. Okay, so that's actually nice. It, it kept you in the studio, and then I kept recording. Well, okay, I didn't. It, the recording stopped for me. I just gotta, I just have to look at that back whenever we get into it. Uh, so basically, what happened there was whenever the recording started, it made my car think that I was getting into a phone call. So it was bouncing back and forth between my phone and my car's radio. And then, it, like, it switched so many times at the studio. I was like, I, I guess you're not recording today. And it shut down. I don't blame it. Uh, so, yeah, that's how we're going to start this off with. Uh, bef- uh, so, I guess before we get into the reason why we're doing a new recording studio setup and all that, uh, we have uh, uh, we actually have announcements. Well, not really. Not, not announcements for us, but announcements for some of our friends. Uh, Neon Hive, which is the, uh, it's the team that hooked us up with the Doomsday Paradise Codes. Uh, yeah. They just launched a publishing, uh, publishing label and they sent me a little press release. I'm going to read, uh, some, some stuff off of it real, real quick. Uh, first off, if you haven't heard of Neon Hive, uh, just go, go check them out. I, I shared a Facebook link earlier and I posted a link to the Twitter and I'll, I'll, I'll also post a link to the, uh, to the little press release in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, but yeah, they've got two games that they're talking about in the press release. The first is called Harvest Hunt, which this is 100% going to be something that I look into. Uh, I'm going to download the demo later. But it's basically a horror roguelike. And it's actually... Uh, IGN was... Uh, they had some stuff about uh, that game on IGN earlier. There is a trailer that is up now. You can go check it out. It's voiced by uh, I want to I want to make sure I'm saying this. I think it's Samantha Biart, uh, Biart. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, but if he, the, the one thing that I was familiar with, uh, she vo- she voices Carlac from Baldur's Gate. Uh, Hell yeah, yeah, really good voice actress. <clears throat> but yeah, so basically, you're uh, the warden, and you have to protect your village from the ever-present threat of the Devourer. Each night, you will draw from your deck of whispers. And go forth into the farmlands of Luna Nova, gathering resources that are crucial to the survival of your people. Uh, you are the first and only line of defense, and you must make it through the night. Uh, that's the, the little synopsis they had. And uh, another thing worth noting: the demo is available. There's a demo on Steam now. If you want to check that out, uh, I'm definitely downloading the demo later. Uh, the second game yeah. is, is called uh, Slope Crashers. Uh, it's made by a solo developer. I feel so bad because I feel like I'm going to ruin this name too. Uh, jo- Johannes Lugstein, or Lugstein at Bite Parrot. I'm so sorry. Uh, was re- uh, was recently selected to be part of the uh, Xbox's Winterfest demo festival in December. Uh, the the game uh, takes taking the slopes as a snowboarding animal and this colorful arcade combat racer that has been taking TikTok by storm. Coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox Series SX later this year. It is a cross-platform party game that the whole family can enjoy. Uh, so yeah, uh, be, just be sure to go over and check the show notes. Go check out Neon High. Follow them on Twitter. Um, they have, they were really great. They got us those uh, Doomsday Paradise codes, and I'm actually working on getting some. Uh, so, so I'm waiting on some more codes that we might be uh, getting in the next few months or so. So uh, really exciting things there. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, so the uh, going into it, uh, the reason that we're doing this new podcast setup, uh, 
Spotify for podcasters uh, is basically coming to an end. There, there, there's <clears throat> sunsetting. Is that the word? That's a word. Yeah, sunsetting the program uh, because they have a partnership with Riverside FM. Uh, so we're we're the 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 service is getting taken down in like June of this year. So I'm I'm wanting to get ahead of it and start recording things over on this side uh, just so we can get used to it. And I'm going to say this now. I think that Riverside has a good service. Uh, you know, we did a test uh, recording yesterday, and yeah. I was I was able to export that out and uh, an editing program and kind of make it sound a little better than what we usually put out. Um, but the, the one thing that I do not like, and I'm going to say this uh, clearly, the the fact that they are shutting Spotify for podcasters down is a really bad move. Uh, nothing against Riverside FM. But uh, there are a lot of people that are losing their podcasts over this. We're, we're lucky enough to where, you know, our podcast can still be recorded, how it's recorded. And it doesn't really harm. I mean, it, it harms the, the bonus. I, I was doing a, I don't know if you, if you saw, uh, but on Spotify, I was doing a bonus series where I uh, reviewed Jason Isbell's music. And Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, so when that series is done, I was, I was going to do uh, Toby Keith. Because he, he just passed away, and I thought it would be a nice thing to do. But uh, it's not looking like it's going to happen. Because by the time I'm done with Jason Isbell series, uh, I don't think I'll have enough time to go into Toby Keith. But we'll just have to see. But like a, a lot of people that are taking advantage of that feature to stitch in music from Spotify uh, for their, their shows, they're basically uh, they're getting screwed, and they're not going to be able to do that anymore. So they're uh, you know just going through the YouTube comments, I, I was – it was really heartbreaking to see how many people were just losing their ability to record their podcasts uh, because there's not really there's not really another you know the the biggest thing of what made Spotify for podcasters so big was there was nothing like it out there like there was there wasn't really a thing that just lets you put licensed music into your podcast without getting in trouble. Uh, right. <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, we're we're swapping over to this Riverside FM setup. Um, so far, it's going well. We're learning. Uh, a feature that Leo and I have, have talked about in the past is something that we can do here where uh, in the middle of a recording, we can invite other people to join us if we wanted to. So we can. So it's more. It's closer to a radio show than ever before. Uh, I really like that. I really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start doing this. And I, I could think of no better way to introduce our audience to Riverside FM than to talk about Resident Evil Executor 4D. <laughs> <laughs> we're finally going to talk about this wonderful wonderful movie so this is something that i did not know about but until you had showed it to me um yeah i know so this was i'm assuming this is like a for like a 40 ride in japan or something yeah okay first off i would love to be able to experience this the way it was intended i would love to find like uh some kind of 40 theater that i can experience this in but that will never happen uh I mean, if I could get, if I could fight, I could figure out the timings, because you can see where like it's supposed to shake and stuff. Well, I could just, I could just get behind your chair and just move you forward and backwards <laughs> side to side. Yeah, whenever the rat has tentacles spart out, you could just like slap, you could just like slap a like a <laughs> like imitation crab on my face or something. <laughs> a wet pool noodle. A wet pool noodle. That's pretty good. Uh, so yeah. plate spaghetti. So yeah, I, I, I guess we should go back uh, like a little bit. We decided that we're uh, 
since Resident Evil interview was so popular with our viewers, uh, we, we would keep it going and we would review all the Resident Evil, uh, all the Resident Evil media. And yeah. so I actually, uh, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. I have, a, I made a spreadsheet. I love spreadsheets. Uh, yes, you do. You're a spreadsheet man. I am a spreadsheet man. Where is my Excel? Okay, here it is. Uh, Let's see. Let's search up 2024. And then, okay, we're at a red light. Okay, so we've got uh, the masterpiece, Resident Evil Executor. Uh, then we have the original Resident Evil live action movie, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil, G- uh, Resident Evil Degeneration, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution. Resident Evil Damnation, Resident Evil The Final Chapter, Resident Evil Vendetta, uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, and this is where uh, I'm going to need you to look up. What comes first? Was it the Netflix series or Welcome to Raccoon City? I want to say it's Welcome to Raccoon City first and then the Netflix series. Give me one second. Evil Netflix, and the other one was Welcome to Raccoon City, right? Right. Okay, this is like 14s. Okay, it's uh, Welcome to Raccoon City first, and then the Resident Evil series. Okay, so Netflix. yeah, so it'll be Raccoon City, uh, Netflix, and then uh, ending off with Death Island until they come out with more. Uh, and you have not seen Welcome to Raccoon City, correct? No, I haven't. Or the Netflix I series. Seen, I haven't, no. I, I, I'd like to stay away from stuff I don't like. Well, let me tell you. You're uh, going, I know you're, I won't <laughs> like. <laughs> okay, so the, the the thing about the Resident Evil movies, like the live action movies, they they are like as far as you know, cinema. They are bad movies. I still loved all of them. Uh, I like two because and because here's the thing: they are technically bad movies, but they are still like for the most part. They are pretty like you, you can tell that they played the games when whenever they made the movies because they take all kinds of stuff from the games and put it like I remember uh, I think it was the fourth movie like it had all of the like it had a lot of stuff from Resident Evil Five which is the game that had just come out before that movie like I want I want to say the uh, the execu- the executioner was actually in the fourth movie oh God. Yeah, he was. In- oh yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah. The, Magi- uh, the executioner Magini. Yeah, uh, they were in there too. And then uh, I, I think it wasn't until the fifth movie where they, they, uh, they had the the whole evil Jill uh, plot mechanic. Yeah. So yeah, I like. It. But Welcome to Raccoon City is just offensively bad <laughs> like they they take all the characters and like what if we just make them not like they are in the games sounds not a sounds like a recipe for not making a good series or movie like, or like, whatever it is okay uh leon and welcome to raccoon city is the equivalent of a stone teenager the entire time like he like he's always like oh i've got to go do my job my job like i'm pretty sure at one point uh, the front of the police station explodes, and he just like, oh, I don't want to get out of my chair. <laughs> like I, I am legit. Like I am legitimately excited for you to watch this movie. 
it was the one like okay what like the the Netflix series was bad but like I could if you take if you take it away like if if I, if you were to look at the Netflix series and take out that it's a, the, like the Resident Evil IP from it you could still like if you were just like a random person and just saw this random thing not knowing anything about the games you would, you would probably have a good time watching it but no, what I'm pissed about the Resident Evil series is that they didn't use the one plot point they could have used. Which is what? Oh, they could have made the they could have made the Al, the Albert Wesker that they had part be one of the Wesker children from the that they <clears throat> mentioned in Resident Evil uh, Revelations too. Yeah, and they didn't do that. They did not do that. <laughs> and that that would have been awesome. I would have been like, holy shit! This is like this is like such a good expansion from that. And like it, I mean, it, it it was so bad that not even Lance Reddick could save it. Yeah, but we need to get back to our our main topic for the day. Oh yes, the masterpiece that is Resident Evil Execu- <laughs> Executor. Four D. Four D. Yes, that's important. You gotta you gotta mention the four D. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna let you give your thoughts first. Well, just to get like a little quick recap, basically okay. this is a movie about uh, uh, basically an umbrella strike team going going into the city. Uh, they're trying to get uh, some info from uh, some doctor. They're trying to find some doctor who basically was uh, experimented with something in the city, obviously a virus or whatever. In Resident Evil, uh, I know Su- such creativity. I know. I've never seen that coming. Continue. Uh, they, f- they go to where <clears throat> they follow the signal and eventually go to like a food warehouse where they find, where they basically just find the big monster, blow it up. They're like, where the fuck's the researcher? It's like, oh no, we got this other thing we can follow. Let's keep going. So they start following that. And like, while they're leaving, you can see like, uh, one of the roaches that was just flying around the area because obviously there's it's just been abandoned for like a while. Yeah, eats a little bit of the monster and basically it gets basically the, it gets like transferred the virus. Yes, <clears throat> and which basically like leads to it being eaten by a rat, which absorbs the virus as well. Who then goes to crow to do the same thing. Yeah, and before we move on, I really like the rat thing because it made me it reminded me of the reveal trailer for Resident Evil Two Remake. I I actually like the whole idea of just like, oh yeah, like this is just being transferred from like animal to animal. It's it's very Resident Evil. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, basically go to this other area. Uh, basically just find the the guys the person's computer, they start downloading the stuff. Basically, the other guy's like, oh, we just came for this shit. This is why, this is why I had to lose people on my team. <clears throat> and basically, it kicks him into, like, the corpse of a monster, if I remember right. And as he start, as the, as the main main guy starts leaving, just shooting shots from outside. Um, when he goes to check, uh, oh yeah, the monster came back and he's killing, he's killing all his people. I starts following him. He barely manages to get away with the guy he punched uh, into the into the trash, uh, basically driving him away. And as they and as they leave, the spoilers, everybody. 
Uh, the guy basically reveals that he's been infected by the virus and he now has a consciousness of the doctor who they were looking for. And, and let, let me stop you right there. I'm I'm all for not having the best, you know, perception, like situational awareness. But I feel like I would know if the guy sitting two feet away from me had a giant parasite on the side of him. Yeah, I feel that's too. But I mean, I just kind of, as always, I just have issues with like the whole like transfer consciousness stuff, like at least at that level. Yes, uh, the one thing that, uh, well, two things. I, I enjoyed how it really just felt like they took the graphics from Resident Evil 2 and 3 and the cutscenes. It felt like they just took that and made it into a, a slightly better version for a movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it really had that nostalgia thing going for it. It did look like they put a lot of work into, like, at least, like, uh, when they were, like, inside, like, the little uh, food warehouse, it looked like they put a lot of work into, like, Putting everything there, how everything worked and everything. Yeah, and also uh, when I started, I didn't expect like I didn't like read any of the stuff like in the in like the detail section. But yeah. whenever I clicked onto it, I thought that I'd accidentally uh, pulled up my window that had Yakuza in the background because it started you know uh, the, the Japanese started uh, <clears throat> the Japanese voices started filtering it through my headphones. It's like what am I watching? Oh, yeah, I forgot to warn you about that. Because yes. I had forgotten it was in Japanese as well. Because a lot of times when I'm watching things while I'm doing my work at my desk, I kind of just like have one earbud in. Uh, so like whenever I started, whenever I started watching it, I was like, oh, I, got, I actually got to watch this the whole time. Oh, God. Which isn't, honestly, but, uh, it isn't too bad because, I mean, this thing is only like, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. It's yeah. really short. So for for the listeners at home, this is a really this is really easy watching. Very easy. So yeah, uh, you said you like two things. You you mentioned like the the graphics. What was the other thing? Oh well, I was gonna, uh, the second thing was I was mentioning that uh, the Japanese was like really out of left field for me. Uh, oh, okay, but uh, the the one thing that I like, I really appreciated like all of the. Uh, the, the creative ways the different infected animals were taking people out. Oh yeah, uh, I I I thought the cockroach part was as creepy as it should be. Uh, oh yeah, it it really does like remind you of like the RE RE two remake at least. Well, the the cockroach part actually reminded me of Resident Evil Zero because they had the leeches, which were I mean close enough. Yeah. Legion. And I gotta say, I kind of, I, I was gonna say, I like the design for like the big uh, executor monster. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a big giant liquor. And I mean, also, like the as I was watching it, I was like, man, these would have been cool. If they were like, if they were in like a Resident Evil game that you could play and fight against those monsters. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. But then again. Oh good. So, no, I was gonna say, but then again, like, how do you kill something that's just like, oh yeah, look, a little roach bit basically bites it, and then oh, we got another infection going on. Well, uh, I could tell you how I would. Do, uh, I don't know if you stumbled upon this quest in Baldur's Gate three, but there is a uh, a quest. Uh, I think it's in Act two, maybe, uh, where basically there is somebody that is really powerful, but you can skip the boss fight if you go and remove a curse. 
And to remove a curse, you have to fight an enemy that basically splits into like two dozen different copies of himself, but they're all like kill that like you can kill them in one hit. But they all like oh, okay. they 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 rush your character and they can very easily kill you. Like it took me a couple different tries to beat this boss. But that's what yeah, I, I was I wasn't able to do that quest because we kind of glitched. So basically, our game was very glitched by the end because we kept killing everybody we saw. Yeah, that 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 tracks. <laughs> uh, Actually, I I say this all the time, but one of these days I'm going to go back and play another run in Baldur's Gate. Same. Uh, Same. So on that note, do you have any uh, closing thoughts for Resident Evil uh, Executor? 4D? Yeah, 4D. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, it, I was going to say it's honestly a product of its time. It <clears throat> it's it, it feels like it, it adds a little bit, but it's so obviously non-canon. And it's just kind of like a little fun thing to like enjoy if you like the, if you like seeing like a lot more of like the Resident Evil series, just how it's been, how it's been handled by different people. Yeah, and I, I mean honestly, there there are things in here that uh, you know definitely remind me of you know the Resident Evil games, but more so remind me of some of the CGI movies that we're gonna get to later in the list. Oh, but I like the CGI movies. Oh, do you uh, do you like the scene where Leon shoots for three minutes without reloading his pistol? I love it. <laughs> I remember. I also love how he randomly kills people in the highway. Yeah. Oh, yep. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also really appreciate the scene where the tyrant grabs the liquor by a tongue and uses it as like a wrecking, like a, uh, uh, <laughs> a mace, basically. Like he just he rolls him around like a tether ball. Dude, I feel that's awesomely done. That, I don't know about you. Well, like that's what that's that's one of those moments where I feel like that was made by like a Resident Evil fan. I was like, what if we had a tyrant throw around a, click, uh, a liquor? That, see, I almost did it again. I almost did the clicker thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's one letter. It is one letter, but uh, I feel like that the, that was done by a Resident Evil fans. Like, what if we just did this? <laughs> Nobody can stop us. They gave us free reign. Oh yeah, no, but I. I enjoy the I enjoy the CG movies because I I feel like they I feel like they get a little bit more of a the stupid atmosphere from the games That's than uh, the live action movies. Well, uh, so that that was our review of Resident Evil Executor 4D. I got it that time. Uh, yes, you did. Obviously, it is that it's the first movie on the list, so it is sitting at number one as it should be. Hell yeah. <laughs> The only time it will be. Uh, <laughs> so uh, th- this isn't going to be like a every week. That it's going to be kind of like a whenever we can thing. Uh, but the next yeah. movie on the list was the uh, original uh, blah, 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 original Resident Evil live action movie. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get to that eventually. But before, Which I do have some nice things to say about it because I do have some parts I do like about that movie. Oh yeah, the like the the early ones were like the. A lot of people did not like them, but like I, I think they uh, for video game movies at that time they were pretty respectful. Like I said, I like two. I really like two. Well, see, I, I I liked one. I really liked two, and I had a guilty pleasure love of three. I love that movie so much. <laughs> uh, but before we go, so uh, the the third topic of the show that I wanted to talk about is. We got codes uh, from Evolve PR for a game called Enshrouded. Uh, 
I started playing this game. I love this game. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. So when I finish, I think you're going to want to. Because it, on the surface, it looks like, you know, your standard uh, crafting uh, survival co-op experience. But where it's going to draw you in, Leo, is it is a Souls-like. Okay, you get, you're getting my attention. I did not know it was a Souls-like. Uh, because it's very deceiving at first. Like, the first enemies you encounter, you you you, you just smack them out of the way. They're nothing. Um, so when I first got, when I got out of the first, like, dangerous area, um, you get to, like, your first main thing was, like, you, you got to establish your base. So yeah, I established my base, and it's like, all right, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to go get somebody to join your, your base. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start building up my camp. Uh, to be as cool as I want it to be. So, like, I made, like, a, like, when you, when you put your base down, you can, like, you could, you have, like, a certain amount of buildable space that you can work within. So, I, like, on the borders of my buildable space, my buildable space, I built, like, basically just a giant stone wall completely around me. So, nothing can sneak up on me. And there's one door. So, if anything comes in, they're going to break through that door. Uh, which, I guess it's worth saying, nothing has attacked me yet. Like, Nothing's come in the middle of the night. Like, I've had, like, wolves wander in my camp before, but, I mean, those are really easy to kill. Um, so, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, uh, I need to, like, I've gotten, like, the 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 base, built, like, the, the basic things. I got, I've got a wall around me. I've got a house with a fireplace and a bed in it. Uh, I'm going to start, like, crafting, like, wet, like, weapons and armor for my character. And... The, the the crafting system, I mean, you, you see the system in hundreds of games at this point, where it's basically the more you level up, you unlock more recipes, and as you find things, uh, like when you find torn cloth, like you unlock a lot of recipes that use torn cloth. And uh, there's also a skill tree. So as you level up your character, you can you can, you can can basically make builds, which is, I know is a big thing for Souls players. Uh, so... I was, you know, you said it's a Souls game. It's a Souls like. I keep having one question in my mind. Go for it. How are the feet looking? How are the what? The feet. The feet. Yes, it's very important. I mean, I, I haven't really noticed the feet. Hmm. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you've got a, you've got a code, so you can see the feet all you want. <laughs> uh, so, all right. I w- to get torn cloth, you basically have to find it in like abandoned villages or uh, town places. Um, yeah, and there was like an abandoned little castle market area that's like right by where my base is. So I was going through there, and throughout the world, there are these places where uh, I think it's called the Shroud. It's basically like this blue mist, and you can only yeah. stay you can only stay in the, sh- the the mist for like five minutes to start off with, but you can you can get upgrades to stay in the mist longer, but in the mist, there are these enemies, right? And right. so I killed these enemies, and I was like, man, this is kind of getting hard. And I looked up a, a, a like a guide to like where to find things. It's like, yeah, be sure to parry the enemies. It's like, oh, parry. That's a soul's word. Uh, so I, I started to like really pay attention to like people playing the game on YouTube. And I was like, they're playing this like Dark Souls shit. Uh, so out of nowhere, I'm exploring this area. I've, I've gotten to combat with a lot of enemies, and they're starting to get harder. 
And right. I'm like, okay, I can't heal by eating food. Uh, that's a problem. So I look up how to heal. You had to make bandages to heal yourself. Um, or there are, there, there are certain foods that heal you, but I didn't have any. So I go back in to find some more torn cloth. And I can see where the enemies are. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go over there. I'm going to go over here to look. If I'm lying, I'm dying. A chinchilla pops out and kicks my ass. Like this thing comes out of nowhere. Just, I mean, it starts screaming at me. It's attacking me. I'm trying to hit it. I can't hit it. It's very small. And it, like, I have to run back to my castle. I've got like a sliver of health. And like the whole time I was like, man, this game, this game is so good that I had to make myself go to sleep last night because I knew I had work in the morning. Well, at least you knew. But yeah, so like, Whenever you do want to hop into this game, I'll open up my world. You go do some combat, get the get the materials we need, and I'll build our house. You just leaving the combat to me? Yeah, I'll 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 keep the the home fire burning. I'll I'll get I'll get things going. Also, uh, this is something I did not uh, know about until uh, doing a little bit more research after playing the game. You can basically your character's progress carries over no matter what world you go into. So all the progress for your character that you place into like your own world, like my character, if if you created a world and joined your world, all of my, my like my leveled up character with all my upgrades and gear goes over to your world. So I really like that. Ooh, that's nice. <clears throat> yeah, and, that is nice. Uh, I actually I, I looked at I, I like to look at the Steam page just to you know get a, a, a metric of how other people are feeling about games sometimes. And I knew the metric for this game was like I'm like the I think it's I'm overwhelmingly positive on Steam, and there are people. This is an early access game, mind you, that came out this month. There are people that have already put out put in two hundred plus hours into this game. <clears throat> uh, there is this one review I thought it was very uh, thought provoking and uh, a very beautiful read, uh, and it says before I played in Shrouded, uh, I had a small wee wee, no friends, no girlfriend, and absolutely no will to li- to live. None of these things have changed, but this game is pretty good. And I, this kind of great, hard-hitting review journalism is what I live for. And I think that... Uh, well... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, it's it, it definitely assaults like he grew us a person. Yeah, you know? Uh, nothing in his life has changed, but this is a good game for him. So that's really... And also... Uh, if you are a handheld gamer like me and you play on the ROG Ally of the Steam Deck, uh, I don't necessarily know about the Steam Deck because I'm tested on there, but it runs pretty. It runs pretty solid on the ROG Ally. I was, I'm playing it. Uh, I mean, a pretty con- like a pretty steady frame rate the whole time. So, and it, 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 like you have to you know fiddle with the settings for a little bit, but all, all in all, it's a good little game. It's a good game. I like it a lot. I'm gonna play it a lot. I actually, uh, I, <laughs> you made me want to play it, so I am actually, uh, in a ridiculous state of mind right now where I am now carrying both my RG ally and my steam deck to work with me every day now because, uh, that's ridiculous. So the one thing the steam deck absolutely has over the RG ally is the sleep mode function is a hundred percent better on the steam deck. Uh, it will never mess up. Your your game will always pick up where you left off. So I'm playing Yakuza Zero on my Steam Deck because the save is, the saves in that game are so infrequent. Uh, so I can put it to sleep and not worry about it. 
and I'm yeah. playing. I am playing in shroud on my RG ally, so I'm carrying both of those systems with me at all times, uh, so I can always have something to play. You're lucky, man. I wish I could play at work, but no, I can't. See, I remember with Timberborn, that old beaver uh, settlement sim that I, I reviewed a, a month or two ago. I did play that at my de- like I I, uh, I just had my second monitor pulled up and I had that it's such like a low spec game that I was just playing it while I was doing my job. I can't even do that because uh, since I my work has me like be like have to look out for people doing paperwork and stuff. I can't be seen like playing anything, and I can't like go away from like the the front desk for like more than a few minutes. Oh well, we we got we got to get you a uh, one of the, one of those uh, one of those glasses, those those new uh, AR glasses. Have you, have you seen like the uh, the Unreal glasses? Uh, I mean, I've been seeing. I saw like a little thing of like the Apple ones. How like they look? Okay, which so is kind of how I imagined they would look. I'm not gonna lie. So uh, I think it's called the Unreal Air glasses, and I want these things so bad. Basically, they look like just a regular pair of sunglasses, and they have a cord running uh, out the frame. And yeah. you, can, you can plug in uh, like a PlayStation, anything with an HDMI signal. Uh, and basically, it looks like there's a 70-inch screen in front of you, and people say that it works insanely good. Uh, and I want to say, it, like, I mean, and they're expensive, but they're not anywhere near as expensive as like the Apple uh Vision Pro, like the Apple Vision Pro is like $3,600, and these things are like $200, $300. Wow. And I mean, honestly... That's a lot. That's a lot of difference. Yeah, it's a lot of difference. And I'm honestly thinking about uh, if if there's leftover on our tax return, I might, you know, see if I can convince them to... <laughs> I'm gonna, let me hold on to a couple hundred million dollars. You need it for science. Yeah, absolutely. Strictly... Research purposes, uh, I'll use it as a, I'll, I'll put it as a write-off on the podcast. Wait, man, can you can you start doing that yet? <laughs> well, we have five dollars. I don't know if you know this. We got we got more money. No, it's always been five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, actually, actually, I it was two dollars. We've got five dollars <throat> and Facebook Pay, like. Okay, so back in the Here We Are Gaming days, I got $5 uh, from the streams, and it's just been sitting in my Facebook account, and I can't get to it. So I've got $5. They just won't give me the $5. And then we got a buck seventy from when we did uh, – from when we were partnered with Dubby and Rhett ordered using our link. We got So we've got, yeah. six, we've got 670 Oh, man. See, see, we're not doing as bad as we thought. <clears throat> That's that's I mean that's basically a down payment on those glasses. I mean basically, you might even buy, you might even be able to afford like a house. Oh yeah, uh, I, I heard Barbie dream houses are all the rage for that amount of money. <laughs> oh, you know what? A friend was making a joke about it. I started looking up the prices. They're, those things are expensive. The Barbie dream houses? Yeah. Oh, I know. I've got two daughters. I know exactly how expensive they are. Yeah, I mean, I know, I'm figuring you know that way, but still, it's amazing how expensive they are. Yeah, and I like, I know toys, you know, and they, you know they've always gotten into expensive territory. But I feel like when I was a kid, like toys were not nearly as expensive as they are now. Uh, I remember, uh, 
there was a Transformers toy. I think it was. Do you remember the name of the Transformers series where uh, it had the Minicrons or the Minicons? To be honest with you, I never really watched uh, Transformers too much. I was more of a Bionicle kid. I see, and I never watched Bionicles. I always watched Transformers. Oh, uh, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't watch Bionicles. You just buy Bionicles. Well, I remember Toonami had like the Bionicles. Like it was like a CG show, I think. They, you know, they made some movies afterwards. But uh, yeah, there was like a Optimus Prime action figure that I always wanted. It was in a pretty like it was pretty big. And it wasn't just Optimus Prime. It had a trailer that could – it doubled, all right? So you could either unfold the trailer and it was like a little like a little base for your Transformers or you could use it to like fuse in with the Optimus Prime and make like a like a like an upgraded version of Optimus Prime basically. And like this was a gigantic toy. It was massive and it was only $30. And I feel like today that's a $100 toy. Oh, no, that's more. Like at least here, because I mean, I, I can I mean, I am kind of sad just how like how boring toys are nowadays. And uh, another I thing, mean, uh, yeah, I mean, not to knock, you know, although I, I do like to knock YouTube creators sometimes, uh, but a lot of toys are just you know little trash toys from like the, the these guys like Mr. Beast and. Uh, uh, what's the uh, FGTV? Like nothing against those guys, but they put out these products that are not good. Uh, but you know, kids watch YouTube and they see, they just see the name and they're like, "Well, we'll spend this. We'll, we'll get our parents to spend this exorbitant amount of money for the, these crap toys." Yeah. Back then, our also, toys, like, our toys are made with metal, son. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was actually gonna uh, like mention something like that. Uh, like uh, I remember, like. <clears throat> I collected Hot Wheels when I was very little. I remember collecting Hot Wheels. And Hot Wheels still come out, but I feel like they don't have the charm or energy that they had they used to have. Yeah, they definitely don't. But like the the, the one place where Hot Wheels are still thriving is they're making some banging Hot Wheels games right now. Wait, oh, I mean they're doing good. That that's nice. Yeah, and also they uh there was a Forza Horizon 5, I want to say. They did a DLC where it was Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels inspired, and it was awesome. I kind of want to see that. Yeah, I highly recommend that you uh, look those up on YouTube. Because those like that, and there's like a couple Hot Wheels games on Game Pass that like I've watched my kids play. It's like, man, that looks great. <laughs> but... But yeah, it's it's a sad state. Just also like we're sounding very old the way we're talking. Back uh, in my days. Uh, also, I've got a bone to pick with this new Transformers movie. I finally watched uh, Rise of the Beasts, which was the Transformers yeah. movie that came out last year. Okay, they make spoiler alert for a bad movie, uh, but I'm I'm saying this so you don't have to watch it. Uh, at the end of the last Mark Wahlberg Transformers movie, they they basically they tease uh, Unicron is coming. They say he's coming. Which, <clears throat> if you look up Unicron, he's basically a planet that is a Transformer. He, he's massive. Uh, I, I remember him mostly because my uh, whenever whenever I just got to the states, I, my cousin got that from a Christmas present. The the, the giant Unicron. Yeah. Oh my god, that thing was so cool. That was like the one Transformer I always wanted but never got. Uh, 
mainly because if you were like again going back to our childhood these transformers they like they made them like so fast like transforming like the commercials that they, they take three years to transform <laughs> that's like you have to get an instruction booklet out and for, oh, yeah. the, for the unicron i can't even imagine uh but basically uh he, <clears throat> they tease unicron's coming and then and this new movie which is in a complete like after that last mark Wahlberg movie they basically they're like all right we're gonna reboot the franchise they put out bumblebee fantastic movie and then they're like all right rise of the beasts is gonna be a sequel to that great movie and it's a horrible movie uh emily liked it if you can believe it uh i mean from what you told me it's like what i would expect like and and here's the thing like it it's a fun movie to watch but like what it's like one of those movies where if you start thinking about it, like man that sucked uh so they you get to rise of the beasts the movie starts off with Unicron. Uh, he's like they're saying, "All right, he's he- here." All right. Did we lose our friend? Will he come back? I think he'll come back. Okay, it it didn't cut. It couldn't cut the thing out, so. Yeah. All, all I'm gonna say is, at least now we know it won't happen. Like the whole, oh, we have to start all basically all over again. I mean, I was just going to think, like, the guy who, he, who was interviewing him was Shia LaBeouf, but 
<laughs> I have so many questions. Question, comic or TV show? Okay. Then it doesn't count because everybody crosses over to the comics. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. See who throws some more money away? <laughs> I mean but yeah but what if you give him prep time <laughs> the most stupid fucking argument for for like uh, Batman argument for Batman fights yeah but what if he what if he has prep time <laughs> I don't know. I feel I feel all his stuff is EMP proof. I mean, I I figure like the guy who basically like has robotics everywhere. It's like, you know what? This is like this is like my one obvious weakness. I should probably do something about it. Proceed <laughs> to make it even weaker to uh, EMPs. Thank you for writing for the. Thanks for having me. Be seeing you guys.